Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Neil Pastricha is the author of Our Book of Awesome, a celebration of the small joys that bring us together. Neil is the author of 10 books and journals, including The Book of Awesome, a spinning Rolodex of simple pleasures based on his 100 million hit award-winning blog, A Thousand Awesome Things, The Happiness Equation, originally written as a 300-page love letter to his unborn son on how to live a happy life. Awesome is Everywhere, an interactive introduction to guided meditation for children, two-minute mornings, a simple daily morning practice, and You Are Awesome, a nine-step guide to building resilience told through stories and research. 
Neil's books are New York Times and number one international bestsellers and have spent over 200 weeks on bestseller list and have sold over 2 million copies across dozens of languages. Neil also gives over 50 speeches a year at places like Harvard, South by Southwest, and Shopify. His first TED Talk, The Three A's of Awesome, is ranked one of the 10 most intriguing of all time. And his second is called How Do You Maximize Your Tiny Short Life? An artistic side project called The World's First TED Listen, composed entirely of questions. Neil gave the most attended feature keynote at South by Southwest 2019 called Building Trust in Distrustful Times. Neil also hosts an Apple Best Of award-winning podcast called Three Books, where he is on an epic 15-year-long quest to uncover the 1,000 most formative books in the world. Neil shares his current writing on his blog and in a series of newsletters read by over 100,000 people. Neil's pro bono work focuses on youth literacy and mental health. He has degrees from Queen's University and Harvard Business School. Neil lives in Toronto with his family, where I actually saw him when I was there for the Toronto Film Festival. Welcome, Neil. Thank you so much for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss our book of awesome, a celebration of the small joys that bring us together. And dads don't have time to read books. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You have such an amazing story. We've talked about it before, but it was a long time ago. So maybe listeners now haven't heard and they don't know why you've started this whole awesome series of books celebrating the little moments of life in all the different ways that you do, which is wonderful. So would you mind giving your backstory of how you got started and then how you ended up with this book? Absolutely. Sure. So my mom's from Nairobi, Kenya. My dad's from Amritsar, India. They had an arranged marriage in England in the 1970s. They moved to Canada to a shady suburb of Toronto called Oshawa, Ontario, where I was born in 1979. When I grew up, my parents told me that, you know what, just work hard, then you have a big success, then you're happy. You know, like follow the, the normal life plan. So I did. I did everything I could. I graduated from school. I had good marks. Went to university, Queen's University. If anyone is listening who's a Canadian and knows Queen's, I, was, I went to Queen's. Then I went to Harvard Business School down in Boston, which I know is an alma mater that we share. And I come home to Toronto. I'm, ma- I'm married. I got a good job. I'm working at Walmart. I've got my, you know, I'm a manager of leadership development. Everything's going according to plan. This is in my late 20s. Then everything falls off the rails. In the span of a few days, my wife tells me she no longer wants to be married to me and my best friend takes his own life. These two things propagate a sense of, you know, (laughs) listlessness, depression, anxiety, overwhelm, everything all at once, partially amplified by the fact that I hadn't experienced a tremendous amount of setbacks before. And so I immediately sprung into twice a week therapy at my mom's strong suggestion (laughs) and started a blog called 1000awesomethings.com as a way to try to cheer myself up. So for the next 1000 straight weekdays, I went to a website called 1000awesomethings.wordpress.com and I wrote about (laughs) You know, wearing warm underwear from out of the dryer, playing on old dangerous playground equipment, getting called up to the dinner buffet first at a wedding. And nobody read this website except for my mom. Although one day she sent it to my dad and my traffic doubled. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I started getting hits on things like, you know, fark.com or dig.com and reddit.com just to throw a bunch of names out there for people that are like surfing online in 2008. And the blog got... 100 million hits, won the Webby Award for Best Blog in the World from the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences. Then I was approached by 10 literary agents, and I went with Erin Malone from William Morris Endeavor, and she conducted a five-publishing house auction oh to gosh. turn my blog, 1000AwesomeThings.com, into my first book, which came out in 2010 from Amy Einhorn Publishing, which was at that time a division of Putnam. 
And it was called The Book of Awesome. And so they printed 6,000 copies of the things that be. So, like, you know, despite the blog, you know, being popular, blah, blah, blah. blah. 6,000, that seems like enough books, right? Well, it sold a million copies. And oh I, I say that with, like, a stunned experience. It's still surprising. I mean, a, a number of things totally fell into place all at once. It helped that the world, like now, was, like, riddled with bad news. So this sort of punctured the zeitgeist with uh, a dose of, sort of cynical positivity, because, of course, I was running from how I was feeling, and it wasn't just Pollyanna. I was like, when I talking about Old Dangerous Playground equipment, I'm talking about, like, burning your legs in hot slides and falling in the cigarette butts. And, you know, I, I actually have the sense of self that I had when I was going through my depression in baked into these awesome things, you know, so they come across quite acerbic sometimes. And, of course, Heather Reisman made it a Heather's pick in Indigo, Canada, and I had a TED Talk. I was invented to do a TED Talk right after it came out, and that thing went viral. So just all these things fell into place together. And to this day, now, 12 years later, I have never, I've written 10 books and journals to this day now, okay? Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing's come close to that first one, okay? <laughs> like, it's like Tuesdays with Maury for Mitch Album, right? Like, it's, it's, like, it's like my first, my first book. And, and by the way, people often ask me, well, what are you going to do? You're never going to top the success of your first book. And I draw upon a paraphrased quote from Diablo Cody, who was an ex-stripper from Minnesota who wrote a movie called Juno, which ended up getting nominated for Best Picture. And she was asked, well, how are you going to top Juno? And she said, I'm not, and I never will. And the fact that the first movie I wrote became Best Picture relieves me from the obligation of ever worrying about it. So I like to think, Zibby, that I have had the chance over the past 12 years to just explore with my writing. I got lucky early. It doesn't happen often. Lightning struck me. I'm very grateful. And now I have... Ended up getting remarried on the flight home from my honeymoon. My wife, Leslie, told me she was pregnant. I spent the next nine months writing a 300-page letter to my unborn child called The Happiness Equation. I don't know if people are watching this on video or not. I can't quite reach you with the wires, but it's right behind me. It's the blue book. <laughs> That's The Happiness Equation. I'm realizing that I'm thin-skinned. I, like, I get a bad email. I'm like destitute for days. So I wrote a book about resilience, okay? That's The Resilience Equation. It's titled as You Are Awesome. And then now, 12 years later, after running away from the project and the concept forever, I have decided that in this era of algorithm-infused addictions, endless social media strife, I believe, is really causing massive problems in our society, higher than ever rates in human history of anxiety, loneliness, depression, and suicide. I'm telling you, all four of those things are at all-time highs. I was like, we need another one, and I need it too. I need it too. The pandemic's been horrible. So I wrote our book of awesome. It is a brand new 432-page hardcover from Simon & Schuster. Yes, it changed publishers. Long story, we can talk about it. Basically, my editor, my editor left the company. So then, you know, you can't, you're, you're kind of, uh, you don't have a home. And so I'm really grateful that Simon Schuster's like, we, we want it. And so I wrote a new one. And it's the biggest one I've ever written. And it includes tons of them written by me. Awesome things like, you know, texting your husband to do something when he's upstairs and you're downstairs, right? Adding a gift note to yourself in your online order. Carrying the ice cube tray. You don't do that? You I don't do, do that. that. It's so great when you get it. You're like, oh, yeah, dear Zibby, uh, I thought you'd like this. From Zibby. Carrying the ice cube tray from the sink to the freezer without spilling, right? Mm -hmm. Finally unsubscribing from the annoying email you've been getting forever, right? And so I write these things. And you know what I usually do is I add between 100 and 1,000 little kind of like a write-up, like almost like a blog post. But I purposely stick them in the book without table of contents, without any index, without any 
dedication, acknowledgments about the author, photo of the author. I, why do I strip all that out? Because I want it to feel like just a giant thing that just pops you into a good mood whenever you need it. So, for example, if you were to read, finally unsubscribing from the annoying email you've been getting forever, it goes... Let freedom ring from the felt-covered walls of cubicle farms. Let freedom ring from the dimly lit university dorms. Let freedom ring from phones at the back of the train. Let freedom ring from laptops at the back of the plane. But not only that, let freedom ring from daily coupon deals. Let freedom ring from annual donation appeals. Let freedom ring from local sponsorship requests. And let freedom ring from spammy marketing contests. And when this happens, when we let freedom ring, let's all John hands and saying, free at last, free at last, look at this empty inbox, we are free at last. Awesome. Now, they aren't all Martin Luther King, you know, speeches, but that's just, since I mentioned that one, I thought I'd read that really quickly, and there's just, that's it, that's the whole freaking thing. So maybe you're like, well, no wonder the first book did good, it seems, it's not even like a book, it's just like a <laughs> bunch of stuff stapled together, I mean, that's all it is. And I just came back to it because I needed it myself, and I know from the research, we could talk about it if you want. There's all kinds of research on gratitude, there's all kinds of research on awe, and there's all kinds of research on journaling, and there's all kinds of research of sharing positive things socially. All those things looped together means if you pick up the book, you're going to be happy. It's as simple as that. It works. It's medicine. Wow. That's amazing. All right, did you record the audiobook? I have to ask. And are, yeah, are you- I did. But, you know, this book, I wanted it to be by Neil, pa- Neil Pasricha and Friends. Yes, oh. I can't even say my own name, right? Neil Pasricha and Friends. So, and the publisher said no. They're like, it can't, it can't be, you know, legally it's not and Friends. I was like, but although I wrote 80% of them, I had over 10,000 submissions over the past 12 years from people writing their own. Wow. And I wanted some of those voices and those, those comments and those ideas to be in this book. So I've weaved them in. They amplify throughout the book. It ends in a culmination of awesome from around the world where like the last 10 pages of the book are written on a different color paper. It fades to black and the awesome things get smaller and smaller. And even the back page of the hardcover is just another 200 awesome things in one point font. That's the whole, that's the whole back cover. That's it. That's all it is. Because I want to feel like a cacophony of awesome amongst and between all these sort of, you know, positively looking people around the world. So I put and friends on the cover. I recorded the introduction. I recorded about 50 of the awesome things myself. But like the book itself, I wanted the audiobook to continue to amplify and reflect more and more diverse voices. So we hired as many actors as the publisher would let me, which is eight. <laughs> and, you know, because I was inspired by Lincoln and the Bardo, the audiobook for Lincoln and the Bardo, which has like 130 people in it. I don't have the same budget that George Saunders has, I guess. So I got eight. And so the eight people plus my voice amplified throughout the book, and it sort of it feels like a conversation amongst people talking about positivity. I wanted that to be the vision, like any artist, like any writer. You know, we'll see how it ends up, because I'm talking to you before Pub Day, which is December 6, 2022. But... If after pub day that actually worked, then great. And if it didn't, as always, I tried. You know? <laughs> Testing is good. That's the only way you really know. <laughs> That's the only way you really know. We're trying other things. Made the book a bit smaller this time, a little bit more like pockety size, but we kept it as a hardcover because we want it to be giftable, right? Because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, when you when you give a book of awesome to a teacher or to a you know a, a sick family member in the hospital, yeah, you want to communicate like. I care about you enough that like, you know, I, I, I got you something sort of, you know, hard, hard. That's, that's for, for some reason, like you wouldn't give someone an audiobook, right? Like you wouldn't give someone like an ebook. So paperback and hardcover are really only giftable book formats, are they not? True. 
I mean, I just have never you think, you given think someone. Like, you think it's an insult to give someone a paperback? I do not think it's an insult to give someone a paperback. I'm saying paperback and hardcover are the only giftable formats because although ebook and audiobook are skyrocketing in popularity, et cetera, have you ever given one as a gift? I don't think so. No, but I think that's because they don't have the right packaging for it yet. I think that's they, what I'm saying. They could totally do a better job. This is a market opportunity it for is. moms. Don't have time to. I'm, I'm on it. I'm I'm putting it on my <laughs> on my master list. No, but seriously, there's a real opportunity here. Like, there's tons of audio originals, right? That yep. you can't hear anywhere else. If I want this specific Michael Lewis book or Adam Grant book that's only in audio, I should be able to get that as a gift, and then that receiving that gift should invite me onto the platform, right? Well, they. I mean, you could give them as a gift, but it's just like an email, and so yeah. That sucks. That's not fun. That's not fun. It's a notch below gift card, which is already bad because it's a little piece of plastic. What you really want is something that, you know, is wrapped in a box. And maybe this is, maybe this is us being too capitalistic and commercial or something. I don't think so. I think we got to run with this one. I'm loving it. (laughs) I think you could, I think you could print out like custom barcodes with the, with the unique thing and you would just scan it and get your audiobook. Yeah. Or if you want to go really big, you give someone an audio book device and headphones yeah and head oh headphones yeah that's that's a good way to oh, do it you should actually go to the beats people and ask if you could put your book in with the packaging see and now you're talking yeah it's something like that it's because you still then you get some physical and also I, the other thing i'm pointing out here in this in my mental exploration with you on this is that i can't listen to anything on my phone my phone is full of temptation. Mm-hmm. It's full of temptation. I don't know why Oprah's going around telling people that they should be reading on her iPad. Well, I do. Apple paid her $100 million, but she shouldn't be doing that. iPads feed you endless text, messages, alerts, notifications. Single tasking is the new multitasking. I think if you want to read a book, good luck getting through Anna Karenina on a device that can text you every 10 seconds. And don't tell me airplane mode because it's also just the bright screen. Research from Australia says if you look at a bright screen an hour before bedtime, your brain doesn't produce as much melatonin overnight. In fact, evolutionary biologists are suggesting that you actually get an increase in energy after you turn off the screen because, you know, your primal brain wants to get the cave and the fire set up before you go, you know, before you go to bed. So what I'm trying to say is we need to get back to reading in formats in ways that are easy on our eyes, that are ideally off screens, and that are single tasking devices, which luckily for all of us, books satisfied. So <laughs> are we basically, books. are we trying to bring back the Walkman? Is that really where we're headed? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I, I, when I say single tasking, I mean, a Kindle is a single tasking device, right? So uh, I think when Bezos came up with that, he had a pretty famous quote, which is he wanted people to have a device that only read books. Mm-hmm. That was the point. And he used e-paper. So it was easy on your eyes. You can remember the whole ads. That re- you can read them even in bright sun. Yeah. The whole captivating proposition was that you could read it on a beach. And yeah. if sand fell on it, it didn't wreck the screen and you can't do anything else on it. So I actually applaud the Kindle, ironically, yeah, because it prevents you from trying to do anything else. And of course, the accessibility is wonderful, right? And I get lots of emails from readers that are like, you know, uh, they want to in big font and that's totally fine. My eyes are on the cusp of falling apart. So I can <laughs> now totally relate because I'm 43 and I just got glasses again after getting laser eye surgery 15 years ago and thinking my eyes were fixed forever. Turns out I was wrong. And now I'm back in glasses world and now I want big font. Yeah, my font is... Embarrassingly large. (laughs) 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything, it might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because... Even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. And by the way, my mother flew here yesterday from uh, Arizona and she was like, Siv, I had the whole, I was ready to listen to your audiobook. The man next to me, we couldn't figure it out. All I kept saying was sample, sample, sample. And finally I was like, mom, did you ever buy the audiobook? You know, you have to buy it. She's like, um. <laughs> yeah, she listened anyway, to the sample. It's, it's not so user-friendly, I feel like, the audio apps. But anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I could never get my parents to figure that out. I just give them a book. Yeah. But, you know, when I started my podcast, three books, I got, and I had a, one of our values was real books on real pages. I got yes. critical emails from people saying, that's not fair. And so, because my original value was real books have real pages and audiobooks and ebooks are beautiful mutants. That's what I called them. But I got really called out by that. So I deleted that value. And now <laughs> I think you can read any way you want to read as long as you're reading. Because you know what, Zibby, you probably know this. Most people probably don't. 57% of Americans read zero books last year. That's from the American Time You Survey. It's the highest number in history. And it's, that number has doubled since the 1980s. So let me say one more time for people listening. 57% of Americans, the vast majority, read zero books last year. Meanwhile, our time on our cell phones is over five hours. Our screen time per day is over 11 hours. And don't look at me and say, oh, well, the, of course it is. Like, yeah, well, 
seven years ago, it was 18 minutes per day on our cell phones. Like it's skyrocketed. And the attention spans that we're fracturing with TikTok and other social media is truly horrifying. And I applaud the work of Jonathan Haidt, who lives somewhere down the street from you at NYU, H-A-I-D-T, who's working on a book called After Babel and just wrote a recent cover story in The Atlantic called How Social Media is Fracturing the Mortar of Society. And he was just featured on 60 Minutes together with Tristan Harris, who's the founder of the Center for Humane Technology, talking about how, I'll give you just a couple examples, Ibi. The age of allowing people on social media is 12. Well, that age was come up with in the 1990s, far before the technologies that we're protecting our kids against were developed. And turns out the technologies can actually affect the developing brain. And we really shouldn't allow people on social media until at least 16. It should be more like 19 or 21. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be thought of as anything different than alcohol, for example, in terms of what they do to the long-term ramifications of our brain. But because, as Kevin Kelly says, these technologies are only 5,000 days old, we don't know yet the long-term ramifications. So that's just one, that we should be increasing the age. The second thing is, every single social media platform needs to have baked in a time use. Like it, has, it should be, it should be t- time use warnings and shutoffs should be baked into the... Does anyone feel good after four hours on Instagram? I have, no. a, time, I have a time use alert on my Instagram. So what do you make it for? How much time I make time it for an hour a day. One hour a day. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I do that on my fantasy. I do that on my fantasy football <laughs> app, and I make it for 15 minutes a day. But the only problem is when it pops up and says you've had 15 minutes, I can press a button right there that says ignore. I do. So I do I'm, ignore it. But then at least I know. You know, I know it's I'm I'm hovering really? close to the line. I know. But what I'm saying is, this is you, a very aware and conscious tech savvy person who's running a podcast and, of course, is running a big media thing all through Instagram. You have come up with a thing for yours. The average person, and I'm speaking of my own family and friends, they got no chance. It <laughs> comes down, no, it comes down to the default settings. Yeah. Like the de- no, the de- right. When you first get an Instagram account or a TikTok account or a Twitter account, it should say, okay, maximum, you know, one hour a day. Otherwise, if you've got a compulsive personality like me, you're wrecked. I'll tell you, Zibby, I have to not only delete all those apps from my phone, which I do, I have to then give my actual phone to my wife, Leslie, on Friday and say, do not give this to me till football starts on Sunday. <laughs> That's 48 hours I have to give her my phone every week. Otherwise, I'm compulsively addicted to it. It's bad. And I've also deleted my email app. I've deleted any news media app. I've deleted all social media. I have nothing on my phone that can get me because otherwise I won't stop. Huh. I read 100 books a year. The only way I can do it is by being hardcore on deleting everything else on my phone. Wow. Yeah, I think that we forget sometimes that social media is, and I don't even know why we're talking about this, but it's fun, that it's a choice, like the, that the convenience, like getting everything delivered, like I was, it's almost the holiday time and when your book is coming out, it's like mid-holiday season and everything. And I'm like, it's not as fun to just go on random websites and buy things. Like it's so much more fun to go to a yeah. store, interact yes. with people, Pick something yes. out. Have that experience. Like, what yes. is productivity really? Yes. Productivity comes at a cost. Well, I just I just bought a book literally yesterday by Jason Guriel called On Browsing. The last name is G-U-R-I-E-L, and it's like a tiny little skim mm. thing. And I also am a big fan of the work of David Sachs. His last name is S-A-X, and he has a book called The Revenge of Analog, and he has a follow-up about it coming. You should really have him on. Oh, I have, I have that here. 
Wait, I have that right here. But anyway, go on. <laughs> well, it, I'm just saying, I think that what you are talking about, what I'm talking about, what David Sachs is talking about, what Jason Gurriel is talking about. The future is analog. That's that, yeah, that's future the future is one. analog. Yep. That's it. That's it yep. exactly. Yeah. Yep. You might notice my name on the cover as I blurbed it. I didn't, but he's coming on. Great. I'm I'm happy to hear that because he's a fellow. He, he took you off the cover. I hate to tell you. Maybe it's on the back cover. <laughs> well, it's on the back cover. There you go. Oh, okay. You were demoted. I'm sorry. What does it say? It says, there's magic in live. There's magic in real. There is magic in analog. This book is a loud and much needed backcrack for our twisted techno-obsessed society. Ooh, much needed backcrack. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. By the way, I still didn't even read the one thing I wanted to read you from your book, which says, this is my favorite that I'm taking away and maybe listeners can take away. When your friend returns your book and they actually read it. Books. (laughs) Books are personal sanctuaries of secret, silent moments, lifting you up, sending you sideways, stirring emotions deep in your soul. Reading a book feels like an invisible adventure. So when a friend returns your copy and tells you they loved the book too, it's like they were on the adventure with you. Let's expand this adventure together right now because we're all here celebrating life's little moments. Smile and sense us all around you as we smile and sense you. Welcome to our book of awesome. Aww. And you, what page is that? What page was that on? Like 12 or something? 21. 21. Okay. I got the numbers backwards. The reason I asked you for the page numbers, because up until that point in the book, readers will observe if they read our book of awesome, that I wrote all the awesome things. And that little tweak is because the next awesome thing has comments on it. So then you start to hear the other voices of other readers around the world. And then there's letters as the book kind of goes halfway. And then near the end of the book, the those people start to submit, which means the awesome things have like little bylines on them. And as you probably also noticed, because you're an astute reader, there's <laughs> Easter eggs, meaning that some pretty cool nonfiction authors, if you're in this space, like Oliver Berkman, who wrote 4,000 Weeks, or Seth Godin, who lives up the street from you, you know, who wrote endless books like Lynchpin, or Ryan Holiday, who's kind of the, the stoic philosopher, they wrote awesome things. Like I, I put them, I just put them in, and Emily McDowell wrote one. So, you know, it's just, fun. It's just fun. A smattering of awesome. A, a much needed back crack for our, our, our negative obsessed <laughs> society. I'll just reuse my own blurb yeah. okay. on my own book. <laughs> yeah, we should all blurb our own books. I think that would be great. We do. It's we, like everything is written by us. Ultimately, I know. That's true. The- <laughs> that's true. I know. I guess everything else, all the copy. Neil, this is amazing. I, I view another million copy hit on our hands here. And this is a perfect gift for everybody who is scrambling for a holiday gift or a New Year's gift or Valentine's or whatever you're looking for, birthdays, our book of awesome, Neil Pasricha and friends in italics. And now we know why. Thank you for coming on, Neil. Thanks for having me, Zibby. Keep up the wonderful work. You are amplifying reading to the world and we need it. Thank you. Thank you. You too. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.